MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Friday, September 8th edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Happy to be with you as we've got 15 games on the betting board to wrap up this week on the podcast. I am doing the article Monday through Saturday over at VEASAN.com, so you can check out the Saturday edition of that over at the website before the podcast this will wrap up the week and hopefully it's been a good week for you here on the shows it's always a good week over at vcin.com because we've got upwards of 30 pieces of nfl and college football content on a weekly basis for you to check out the lions of course beating the chiefs last night 21 to 20 but now we really get into week two of the college football season and the remainder of week one of the nfl season and if you need some help with those vcin.com is the place so head over there Check out everything that we have to offer. vcin.com slash subscribe, the way to get all access to what's going on at the website, not just the best bets from various analysts on the website, but also access to our betting tools, the DraftKings betting splits, our newly updated matchup pages, a lot of really good resources for you over at the website to check out, along with all the written content you could possibly ask for. I put up a piece on player props this morning. Uh, Zach Cohen's got his games of the week in college football, also best bets in college football and the NFL. Wes Reynolds with best bets in college football in the NFL. Matt Humans, he'll have his NFL picks on Saturday, but his college picks already out. Tyler Shoemaker, proprietor of the T-Shoe Index with his best bets. Dave Tooley, Steve Mackinnon, a lot of things to help guide you here for this weekend, and you can expect that on a weekly basis over at vcin.com. So head over there right now and snag a subscription all right we still got major league baseball going on across the betting markets i know it's kind of been overshadowed a little bit by the start of the nfl season and of course with college football going on but there are still some opportunities to be had out there and there are a couple of plays i do like here for this friday slate but let's start with some of the games that i don't have a play on but do have some thoughts on Uh, the early game with the diamondbacks and the cubs no reason to really talk too much about this one because This game will have started before we get the podcast churned out 
and put into our feed. But I just wanted to mention really quickly here, Zach Gallen, since July 20th, 52.3% hard hit rate, 12.9% barrel rate, swinging strike percentage down to 9.1%, league averages up in the high 10s, average exit velocity 93.4 miles per hour. Gallen is having a lot of issues with his command right now. So I don't think he's a really trustworthy guy in a favorite role, even though the market is on him here today. And we did see that total move down to seven, again, because of the weather conditions there at Wrigley Field. Gave a lot of thought to this game in the NL Central, the Cardinals and the Reds. Drew Rahm and Andrew Abbott in this one. Reds, a minus 120 or so favorite, total of 10.5 in this matchup here. A couple of southpaws with Rahm and Abbott. Only three starts for Rom here at the big league level, 13 runs on 18 hits and 13 and two-thirds. Only 11 of the runs are earned, but only 11 strikeouts against eight walks, 43.8% hard hit rate, 12.5% barrel rate. Didn't really have great numbers in AAA for Baltimore, then was part of the Jack Flaherty deal, had a couple of good starts at AAA for St. Louis, and then they brought him up because, well, they needed viable arms in the starting rotation here. And maybe Rom throughout the course of his career will be a viable arm, missed a lot of bats in the minor leagues, but also carried high walk rates throughout the minors as well. So we'll see what the Reds are able to do with him. Great American ballpark is not a place where you want to be walking guys. But at the same time, the Reds here in the second half, just 28th in Woba against lefties. So that's a bit of a concern here. You know, Rom hasn't missed a lot of bats at the MLB level, but the Reds are not really doing much damage against Southpaws here in the second half. The one thing I wonder about here, and, and Andrew Abbott should be fine, 322 ERA, 384 expected, 399 FIP, has struggled a little bit here of late, particularly with working deep into games. Uh, but I would think that, you know, he's a guy that should be able to kind of right the ship to some degree. But I wanted to talk about this game because the Cardinals, you know, I think you get super invested as a competitor, as a professional athlete to go out there and play against the best. And the Atlanta Braves are the best team in baseball this season. And the Cardinals went down there and took two out of three. And, and they were relatively live in the series finale with Max Freed and Adam Wainwright. Even though this is a division game, even though they have the chance to play spoiler, I'm not sure the same competitive juices really flow in this situation. Because when you're the Cardinals, you're not supposed to be playing spoiler. You're supposed to be in the playoff hunt. And they are not. So I think facing the Braves kind of got those competitive juices flowing. I'm not sure that will be the case here against Cincinnati. So I may regret leaving this one off, but I think that maybe the Cardinals got a little bit too much respect for winning that series against the Braves when I think it was just a situation where they kind of stepped up. And maybe Atlanta, who's been playing at such a high level for such a long period of time, just wound up having a little bit of an off series. We move to another division matchup here. It's the Marlins and the Phillies. Yuri Perez on the bump for the fish. Christopher Sanchez will go for Philadelphia here. Phillies minus 135, total of nine in this one. little surprised to see this line where it is just because the perception and the market value of Yuri Perez is very high. But here in the second half, the Marlins are a bottom 10 offense against lefties. Sanchez for the Phillies is, of course, left-handed. That was a great split for the Marlins in the first half of the season. It has not been here in the second half, so maybe that's a little bit reflective in this number. The Phillies also have been playing pretty well for the most part here throughout the second half. For Perez, since he got recalled, 12 runs on 19 hits, 25 and a third innings pitched, 34 strikeouts, but he's had some issues with his contact management. Maybe that's kind of factoring into this number a little bit as well. 
Sanchez 348 ERA, but he does have a 427 FIP. So there are some negative regression signs in the profile for Sanchez. Maybe this is one of those dynamic starts for Perez. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. No play for me in this game, but I was a little bit surprised to see the Phillies this big of a favorite in that game. Dodgers and the Nationals. Dodgers laying $1.55 or so in this one, total of 9.5. Emmett Sheehan on the bump against Mackenzie Gore. These are two young pitchers. Gore coming off the bereavement list. He had his last start skipped. Sheehan went down to the minor leagues for a little bit, and the Dodgers are really closely monitoring his innings as we go forward. No, I didn't see over at DraftKings an outs prop for either one of these guys, but I would anticipate two short starts, maybe four innings, five at the most uh, for these two guys here. So, you know, Gore threw 30 pitches in a bullpen. They said he looked fine, but they're not going to push him too hard with nothing to play for. And for Sheehan, you know, he worked four innings, I think, in three of his last four starts, maybe hit five in his final minor league start. But the Dodgers are really closely monitoring his innings here as we go forward. So I would expect short outings for both guys. The Nationals pen has performed pretty well in the second half, so not interested in the Dodgers or a Dodgers run line or anything like that. Also, Mookie Betts followed a ball off of his foot yesterday, was seen leaving the stadium with crutches. X-rays were negative, but obviously some pain and discomfort there for Betts. So he won't play tonight. We'll see if it's a long-term concern for the Dodgers, but keep that in mind with the Dodgers. If you do want to bet them tonight, they will not have Mookie Betts in the lineup. Real quickly here, didn't write about these games, but I can touch on them briefly. The Pirates and the Braves, Mitch Keller, Bryce Elder in this one. Braves laying a little over $2 with a total of 9.5. Look, Keller's back to pitching pretty well. The Pirates are really scrapping, scratching, clawing. They're fighting very hard, which I respect the hell out of at this time of the year. And Elder's had some issues for the Braves over the last little while. A guy who allowed a lot of hard contact early on in the year, but wound up pitching his way through it. Maybe it catches up to him here against the Pirates. I'd be concerned about laying the Atlanta number here today, even though I know that Moneyline Parlay is with big favorites. Kind of the way to go at this time of the year for a lot of people. Colorado and San Francisco, nothing from me on this one. Kyle Harrison and the Giants, minus 220, total of eight against Ty Block and the Rockies. Harrison got shelled in his last start by the Padres, but the stuff is really explosive, really dynamic. He's a top five pitching prospect in baseball, whereas Ty Block is just a filler dude. He's just a journeyman kind of guy. It's a big number for the Giants, though. Nothing for me in that one, but let's see if Harrison bounces back in a spot where I think he probably should. Let's hit a couple more games here, and then we'll take a short break. This one's really interesting. The Mariners and the Rays. So a loser yesterday on this one took the over eight. Game ends one nothing. Couldn't have been more wrong with that handicap. But you got George Kirby and Taj Bradley here in this one. And this line's kind of bounced around a little bit back and forth. Both teams have been favored for a period here in this game. And the market kind of right now showing a little bit of a lean towards the Mariners with Kirby and Seattle minus 115 with Bradley a little bit of an underdog in that one. But Kirby struggled here of late. Complete game shutout on August 12th. Since then, 11 runs on 22 hits and 14 and two thirds. Mariners even skipped a turn in the rotation for him. Came back against the Mets five days ago and allowed four runs on six hits. Only pitched three innings. Only got nine outs on 73 pitches. So not the efficiency that we're used to seeing from George Kirby. And I'm a bit concerned, not just in this start, but also going forward for a young arm like him. Speaking of young arms, Bradley was just called back up on September 3rd. 
He'd allowed 26 runs over 25 and two thirds. Got sent down to the minors to work on some things. First start was really bad down there. His next few starts were pretty good. Only allowed three runs on 13 hits over his final 19 and two thirds before getting called up. Bradley does have some big swing and miss stuff. The Mariners will swing and miss as we know, but I I don't trust either one of these guys here and, and especially concerned about Kirby where Again, those last three starts for him have been against the Royals, White Sox, and Mets. Those are not particularly good lineups, and Kirby has really struggled his way through them. So a guy worth watching very, very closely here as we head through the remainder of the regular season. Mike Clevenger, Reese Olsen in this one between the White Sox and the Tigers. We've seen some pretty hefty money come in on the Tigers for this one. So a fade of Clevenger and the White Sox in this game. Hard to argue with that. I mean, you know, Reese Olson is a guy that does have some swing and miss upside. But the big thing here is when you look at Mike Clevenger, 390 ERA, 423 expected, 438 FIP, a 542 X FIP. So there are some very clear negative regression signs in the profile for Clevenger. As far as Olson goes, 465 ERA, 482 expected ERA, but a 398 FIP and a 4 X FIP. So this is one of those traditional handicap line moves where you've got one pitcher in line for negative regression, one pitcher in line for positive regression, and the market responds accordingly as the Tigers are now up to as high as a minus 150 favorite in this one here with Olsen taking on Clevenger. Let's take a short break and we'll come right back on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back here on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, five-star reviews. Very, very much appreciated for this and all of the shows here. In our VSIN family of podcasts, the All Angles NFL podcast with Matt Brown, the College Football Betting Podcast with yours truly, host Tim Murray, the Late Week episode with Matt Humans. Also, the College Lines Revealed show with JVT and Pam Maldonado will be in that podcast feed as well as they talk about opening numbers and initial line moves on Sundays when Circa posts their college football odds. DraftKings also posts very early on Sunday mornings as well, so they're able to refer to those. So a really valuable resource there. And also, JVT's Early Lines article over at vcin.com this week, one of our highest-trafficked pieces so if you're looking for some initial thoughts on the college football card, look for that on Sunday. I'm going to skip over the Royals and the Blue Jays. Really nothing to talk about here. I mean, Yusei Kikuchi has been great. The Blue Jays are over a, well over a $2 favorite. Um, the Royals not really sending anybody of consequence out there in this one. It will actually be Colin Snyder who opens in this one. Alec Marsh expected to bulk, so nothing really of interest in that game. Skipping over the Orioles and the Red Sox because I've got a play in that one. We head to the A's and the Rangers. Jordan Montgomery laying a big price here, minus 245, minus 250, total of eight and a half against Paul Blackburn and the A's. Now, this should be a get-right spot for the Rangers. They will be missing Adolis Garcia possibly for the rest of the year. Maybe he comes back in October, strained patellar tendon for him. But, you know, he really hasn't been hitting for a while anyway, so maybe some measure of addition by subtraction in terms of getting, you know, somebody who's not in a giant funk out there in the lineup. Look, I mean, the Rangers should take care of their affairs in this series. They're 33 games better than the athletics on the season, but we'll see. You know, I mean, the Rangers are really pressing right now. They're really struggling. They're squandering the good starts they get. They're getting some bad starts as well. Should be a good spot for Montgomery, but obviously a big favorite price there for the Rangers in that one i've got a play on the guardians and the angels so we'll circle back to that in a minute and we go to milwaukee and new york colin ray and luis severino in this one as this series gets going and look i mean i i don't really know what to expect from luis severino here 675 era 618 fip on the season he actually threw 13 and two-thirds scoreless against the nationals and the tigers over back-to-back -back starts then gave up four runs on six hits in four innings to Houston his last time out. He's just not trustworthy, man. I mean, he was really bad throughout July and the first part of August. Got back on track a little bit with those two starts, then had another rough outing against Houston. The Brewers' offense is subpar. I mean, they've graded below average all season long. They only have a 301 Woba and an 87 WRC plus against right-handed pitchers since the start of August. So maybe there's a chance here against Severino that they can have a little bit of success. But the one thing for Severino is it's been all command. The control hasn't been that bad. He's not issuing a lot of walks, and the Brewers have done a lot of walking. Since the start of August, the reason why their numbers are as 
not terrible as they are, is because they have a 10.6% walk rate. So this Milwaukee offense, it's going to be a big concern for me if they make it to October. And it's a concern for me today, even though they appear to have a good matchup against Severino. As far as the Brewers go and Colin Ray, uh, he came back after some time on the IL and then a couple of minor league starts. Gave up two solo homers to the Phillies over four and a third last time out. But a 507 ERA, 454 expected, 513 FIP. Pitched a contact guy with a home run problem. I'll pass on that at Yankee Stadium. The Padres and the Astros. Maybe the biggest and most important game of the night, not necessarily from a standing standpoint, but from the standpoint of Blake Snell. Astros are minus 135 in this one. Totals come down to eight and a half. Hunter Brown on the bump for Houston. So for Blake Snell, this is it to me. I think if he shines in this game, he will win the National League Cy Young. Since May 25th, 131 ERA, 293 FIP, 110 innings of work, 13 straight scoreless innings for him. 17 strikeouts, but he does have nine walks, and the walks have continued to be an issue for Snell, and something that makes you wonder when a big blow-up is happening, and the question is, could it be today? Because the Astros, since the start of August, are, have a 420 Woba and a 172 WRC plus against left-handed pitching since the start of August. Just to put that into context here, Mookie Betts, for the season, has a 427 Woba and a 174 WRC+. So effectively, the Astros, as a team against lefties, since the start of August, have been Mookie Betts. That's what their offensive profile is as a team against lefties. So this is a really, really tough assignment for Blake Snell here, and if he aces this test, then I think he's your Cy Young, unless he gets completely blown up by the Dodgers in his next start. But I think if he's able to get through this one, I think the narrative kind of runs. Everyone will talk about on social media, you know, how great Houston has been against lefties here really throughout the course of the second half. And if Snell is able to get by in this one, then I think the award is his to lose. And you could already say that anyway, based on the odds that are out there. But I think if he's really good in this start against Houston, what Justin Steele has done will not be enough. And if Snell is able to do it, would be the seventh pitcher to win the Cy Young in both leagues. The others, Gaylord Perry, Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens, Roy Halladay, Max Scherzer. Pretty good company there if Snell is able to do it. Mets and the Twins, this game kind of threw me for a loop this morning. Took a lot of time handicapping this one. The Twins and the Mets, pretty much a money line pick them, minus 110 both ways at DraftKings. Uh, the Mets are a short favorite in a lot of places, though, with a total of eight and a half or nine with heavy underjuice here. This is Kodai Senga and Dallas Keuchel. So why this is so difficult is because I don't know if you've realized how good Kodai Senga has been this season and how good he's been lately. 308 ERA, 347 FIP. But in the second half, 268 ERA, 287 FIP. Back-to-back double-digit strikeout starts for him. And the high walk rate that kind of plagued him early in the season, that's largely gone away. His walk percentage is a little bit misleading because he's been so good here of late. Hasn't walked more than three guys in a start since June 10th. I do think Senga's over 17 and a half outs prop is a good bet. Seven of nine starts in the second half. He's thrown at least six innings. One of them he threw five and two thirds. So he came up just one out short of that number. I would expect him to pitch well here against a Twins team that doesn't have a lot of exposure to him. 
a Twins team that will strike out a lot as well. I think Senga's in a good spot here for that one. So I do like that. I do like the over-outs prop. I don't know if I want to trust the Mets offense, though, to kind of lay a number here in this game. Keuchel, it's difficult, right? He's had two really bad starts, two or three pretty good appearances otherwise. 32.5% hard hit rate, 6.5% barrel rate. So the contact management numbers are good, but he only has eight strikeouts and 93 batters faced. So will the Mets offense be engaged? I don't know. I think Senga pitches well in this game. Keuchel is just a major wild card to me. So I would look at some Senga props that are out there. I know the strikeout prop over is heavily juiced, at least at DraftKings. Uh, but I think the over 17 and a half outs, pretty decent look here in that one for Kodai Senga. All right, let's get back to the two games I have plays on, official plays at least. We go to Baltimore and Boston, Kyle Bradish and Tanner Houck in this one here. And, and I do like the Orioles laying a bit of a road number. They're a minus 120 favorite total of 10 up at Fenway Park. But Baltimore's rattled off five in a row. Yes, three of them were against the Angels. It is what it is. But they've opened up a four-game lead in the American League East here. And Kyle Bradish has been fantastic for a long time. 303 ERA, 344 FIP, 139 and two-thirds innings pitched. Since May 28th, he's allowed more than three runs just once. He's allowed six total runs over his last five starts and gone at least six innings in four of them. Hasn't given up a home run in those five starts either. He's basically been an ace since getting settled in for the season. He got hurt early in the year, took a comebacker off the foot, missed the early part of the season, kind of had to build his arm back up again, sort of go through a spring training on the fly. But basically, since late May, he's been exceptionally good. For Tanner Houck, eight runs on 16 hits and 14 innings since coming off of a two-month stay on the IL, 11 strikeouts, six walks in that span. And he's faced the Astros, Dodgers, and Royals. So some decent teams, but when you look at the offensive stats here against righties since the beginning of August, Baltimore's WRC plus is eight points higher. The Wobas are nearly identical, but Boston gets a big bump from Fenway Park. The O's bullpen is well rested here as well, coming off of the off day and a couple of light days for them. So I just think Baltimore's got the better starter, the at least comparable offense and the better bullpen here. So I like Baltimore minus 120 over Boston in this one. The other game, I will preface this by saying this is more of a numbers play than anything else because I don't think that Cleveland deserves to be this big of a favorite against the Angels. Minus 135 at DraftKings. You can get the Angels plus as high as plus 115 in the marketplace. It's plus 114 at DraftKings. Look, I don't know if either one of these teams are all that invested. These two teams have nothing left to play for. But for Cleveland, you're on the road in Anaheim, and then you go to San Francisco. Like, I don't know if baseball is really on your mind here. You know, you're out in California. You're out in some nice parts of the country. Like, I just don't know that they're fully invested, fully engaged in what they need to take care of on the field. Yesterday, they get six shutout innings from Cal Quantrill and still find a way to lose the game. They went one for 13 with men in scoring position. And I do think there are some regression signs in the profile for Logan Allen. 377 ERA, 421 FIP. He's allowed nine runs on 13 hits in his last nine innings. The Guardians wanted to slow him down and really monitor his innings, but then Shane Bieber got hurt. They lost that luxury. I think going forward, they will keep a much closer eye on him because now there's just really not much to play for being six and a half games out in the division with very limited time to try and you know put together a comeback here. So I think Allen could be out quickly, and the Guardians' bullpen has been a 
malfunctioning roller coaster throughout the course of the season here. As far as Griffin Canning goes, last two starts have been good. I thought he was supposed to pitch yesterday, but the Angels decided to go with a full-fledged bullpen day. But Canning's allowed three runs on nine hits over his last 13 innings, 16 strikeouts against a walk. He's been good at home, too, allowing a 290 Woba. He's got a 30.6% strikeout percentage at home, over 40 and two-thirds innings pitched. But he's got a 465 ERA because he's fallen on the bad side of luck, the bad side of variance. He's got a 380 FIP at home. And again, as I mentioned, holding batters to a sub-300 Woba. So the big thing for Canning, he's allowed the long ball. I think he's allowed 19 home runs on this season, but Cleveland doesn't hit them. Cleveland does not hit for power. So I don't know if we'll have Shohei Otani back in the lineup. Uh, Luis Rengifo, he's out now as well. Rengifo. um, Look, the Angels, there aren't a whole lot of redeeming qualities for them, but this line is too high, in my opinion. I don't think that Cleveland deserves to be a favorite like this. So Angels plus 114 to go along with the Orioles minus 120. The two plays for today here on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. So please make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Check out the article over at vsin.com. Follow me on Twitter at Skating Tripods. And uh, hey, we'll talk to you again on Monday with a new edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.